It's Thursday, November 22nd, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 244. The babbling of the video games is the weapon in their hearts of their desires. Runtime for this episode is 49 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that has collected three legendary weapons of our ancestors. My name is Jeremy. Only one of them required a blood sacrifice, though. It's not the one you think. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. No attempt this week. I feel like that was a softball and no <laughs> attempt. I mean, you just had to pick a weapon that might be legendary that required a blood sacrifice. I was going to go for, like, I don't know, like a two-inch pocket knife. It's I, a legendary I, weapon. Trident was what I was thinking. <laughs> But the gum, not the spear. <laughs> the legendary <laughs> trident gun. Uh, spearmint. Uh, it can slay one in five dentists. Uh, spearmint, that's very good. It's not bad. It's not bad. We played Silk Calibur this week. <laughs> I was telling Zach before we started recording that I went and saw Neil Gaiman this week. Neil Gaiman. There we go. Neil Gaiman this week. And he's talking about post-production for Good Omens. There we go. I don't know why it took me so long to think of the name of this. And he was talking about right now... The post-production elves are working CG magic and doing a very good job. Uh, I don't like that book, and I feel like I should like that book. I don't know. It's amusing. I don't know that it's a great book. It is a very book book enjoyable book. It's did, an entertaining book. Did he mention if the Sandman sequel is ever happening? He um, did like two issues of it, and then it just stopped. Apparently, a Neverwhere sequel is happening. Huh. I have never read Neverwhere, but everyone in the audience just exploded over this. So It was the opposite of that time at BlizzCon. They announced they were making a mobile Diablo game. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that's happening. I is that don't know still why. actually happening? I think so. I don't think they mm- have canned plans to produce it. Why wouldn't you do that? I well, mean, I'm why just... would you make it the centerpiece of your PC gaming show? I'm just, well, I'm just saying because that? EA was like, yeah, we're bringing back Command and Conquer, and it's a mobile game, and they got so much backlash, like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. I actually feel like an RTS mobile game would be kind of fun. I I would love more, like, game games on my phone that require more than me just, like, poking some colored gems or something. Final Fantasy Tactics is on your phone. Yeah, but is it a terrible port? Uh, Kevin said it was good when he was here a couple hours ago. Okay, well, that's good to know. Did you guys record a couple hours ago? We do, did. Do you do that on Wednesdays? Not usually, but I had a sore throat on Monday and Tuesday, and so I could not record a podcast. And that's today fair. is Thursday. Yes. What have you been playing, pedantic asshole? Oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, that's me. That's definitely me. <laughs> um, so I actually had a little bit of vacation time, so I went out and I played Watch My Hero Academia from start to finish. It's that's a very good game. Yes. Five out of five stars. Would recommend. <laughs> Still playing a bunch of MechWarrior Online. Um, I played a little bit more of Soul Calibur 6. I was going to say, how's Soul Calibur 6 treating you? Have you played online much? Or? No, I don't really have. I'm not that good at fighting games, so I don't really play them online. I'll occasionally play with like you guys when you're available, but they're not my bag, so I don't pay a lot of attention to them usually. You know, there are a lot of fighting games I enjoy competitively, and I'm not sure Soul Calibur is on that list. I like just messing around in that game. I, I feel like I would go to a Soul Calibur 2 tournament if one popped up. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, like I said, I took, I had a couple of days off and instead of spending all of it 
you know, doing some mad gaming, playing uh, Steins Gate, which I still want to do. I just got absorbed in watching all of My Hero Academia, and I was like, why haven't I watched this show before, and why have I run out of episodes? So, Zach, is that show any good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not bad. I don't think we've talked about it on the air at all, but it's not bad. It's pretty good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's all right now. Why? Because I am here. Kind of awkwardly worded in the dub, but it still works. Oh, how does he do? I have not watched the dub I at all. I can't so. remember it right off the top of my head, but in the Japanese, he's, you know, it's all right now. Why? Because I am here. He still has the ending of why, because I am here, but I don't remember how he leads into it. There are a couple of awkwardly translated lines that led to a couple of weird instances. Because, like, when Midori is saving Bakugo in the second episode, he's like, I couldn't just stand by and watch you die is what he says in English. But then Bakugo has the same speech about how you didn't do anything, you didn't help me, or you didn't save me. And it's a little bit more awkward because <laughs> in the Japanese version, he said, I, it looked like you were asking for help. Yeah. Which made that tirade make a lot more sense. So when I was showing it to my friend, I was like, in the Japanese, that's actually phrased differently, so that makes more sense. And now you know why everyone is always like, oh, this dub sucks, even when the dub is perfectly fine. I've seen a couple of those where it has a little bit of an awkward in the script. It's usually not a big deal, and it's usually something that's easily overlooked. I don't know why they decided to do that, but... You know, from what I can tell, it's still just fine. It's really fun to watch still. So did you mostly watch the dub or the sub? The sub. I'm not paying Funimation. (laughs) That's fair. I'm paying Crunchyroll. Does Crunchyroll not have the dub? No. They do not. I believe Verve has a dub, which is weird, but I could be wrong about that. It's the same parent company, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to buy it, so... Is, which is weird. It seems to be an incredibly popular. Of course, it could just be one of those situations where it's incredibly popular among my circles of friends. No, it's just incredibly popular. Everybody has told me about it. But no one seems to stock it brick and mortar. Huh. That's kind of weird. I mean, like, I mean co- anime still isn't that popular as a thing people buy, right? I mean, I see Sailor Moon at Walmart all the time and am kind of perplexed. Best Buy does have a small anime section and it's weird that like best buy doesn't just stock that because it's incredibly popular yeah of the things that they could be selling that should be pretty high on their list yeah like they have dragon ball uh dragon ball z super attack on titan and sailor moon i think are always on the shelf and naruto there's some naruto things on the shelf as well is anyone still watching attack on titan apparently people are still watching it because it's still going i mean recently the uh don machi phone game had a crossover with attack on titan that's fair i mean i'm not saying it's not good it definitely trails off but like one of my co-workers is super into anime and super into attack on titan was just kind of eh on season two so that's where i stopped watching it so but so i don't really know there's a lot of stuff that is currently on my watch list like the next season of full metal panic that came out the this year how long has full metal panic been running uh, there was a break there was oh, a large season. break in between the last season in this one. Gotcha. I feel like a lot of shows have been doing that, and I feel like they do that because a lot of people are like, nah, it's fine, take a break, we'll come back. I it's think fine. it's more Japan is getting on that American bandwagon of, oh no, we're not willing to spend money on new ideas. What was popular 10 years ago? Code Geass and Full Metal Panic and uh, Melancholy of Harui Suzumiya? Cool, we're doing that again. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I haven't paid that close attention to what they're doing. It's just like, that came out, I'm like, oh, I should watch that, and I just didn't get around to it because... 
I went on a hiatus again, which I do on occasion, where it's just like, yeah, these are all things I want to watch, and I'm not going to now. Yeah, I just spent the last week catching up on some stuff as well. Anything else you've been playing, Zach? Not really. That's pretty much been it. How about you, Tyler? Uh, some <laughs> things. Obviously, I've been playing Final F- Fantasy 15 because, obviously. So I think I'm like 50 hours into the game now, something like that. I don't feel like I've progressed the story a whole lot, but it already seems like it's wrapping up. Yeah, Um, I got 60 hours in and then did the story. Have you gotten on the boat yet? I'm just about to get on the boat. Once you get on the boat, that's when the story is like, time to be story. Like, I'm on the way to the boat. I fought Dragoon Lady for the first time. Yeah, you didn't team up with her yet? No, I've not teamed up with Dragoon Lady yet. I okay. assumed it was inevitable that I would team up with Dragoon Lady. She's the only female playable character in that game, which is perplexing. Oh, can you add her to your party? Kind of. I don't want to spoil it. You'll okay. see. Okay. I'm trying to think what else. Like, I just wandered around the countryside, and I think I found all the legendary weapons just by wandering around. That's how you do it. Um, I, was I actually... think there's one that you only find as part of the plot, but... I could Who see left that. this legendary weapon sitting here? <laughs> There's one, no, actually, there's one that I didn't find because I found the place where it was supposed to be and there's just a note that's like, we moved this to this random castle. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, obviously the game was not expecting me to have done that because it actually stops at one of the places where one of them is on the way down to the boat. And I'm like, well, I already did that one, so I guess I'm not going to have a sweet adventure with Iris. Is that her name? Yeah, I guess I'm not going to have a sweet Iris adventure. And so I'm, like, driving along, and she's like, I've had the time of my life on the road with you guys. I'm like, Iris, we've been driving for, like, three hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't get out much, do you, kid? <laughs> Galio is very protective. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, no, Ignis is the best around. No nope. one's going to keep him down. You accidentally got... got the Ultima Blade. I just have that now, you I guess. You accidentally got a, a legendary weapon. Yeah, well, Sid just, like, made it, I guess, in his spare time. So... <laughs> uh, you can have that. Like did you get the cool Drain Lance, too? I think I only have a Drain Lance 3. It's not whatever the final Drain Lance is yet. Like, there's a mechanic in the game where you, like, pick up, I guess, quasi-mechanical weapons. And Sid's like, yeah, I could soup those up for you. I just need some, like, giant cat whiskers or something. I don't know. So you hand him random items, and then you have to go out adventuring for a while. And eventually he'll give you an awkward phone call that Noctis will pick up. Listen to Sid say, hey, your stuff's ready. And Noctis is like, uh-huh. And just hangs up on him. And then no one asks who called. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that is the most immersion-breaking thing in this game, I think, is like... No Noctis, one asks who was it? Yeah, Noctis gets a phone call. And then your party members do not react at all to you just answering your phone, listening for 30 seconds, and then hanging up without saying a word. And no one says anything. Scam caller? <laughs> yeah, was, like, do you need a giant legendary crystal that can save? <laughs> See, I never get asked who called me when I get a call. I just immediately have all of my friends start laughing at me. It's because we're trying to hold it in the entire time you're on the phone to be polite. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot more about Final Fantasy. I mean, it's a really fun game. I'm enjoying it. Do you get any other summons other than Rama? Did you not get Titan? I have Titan. He has never shown up. So the summon conditions are weird in that game, and I can't remember what Titans are. Oh, okay. Leviathans is impossible to get unless you're like just deliberately trying to do it. I believe similar with Shiva and Bahamut is plot only. Okay, I assumed they were all. What do you need to do to get Leviathan? You have to be near water, which there is almost no combat place near water, which is the big problem. And I think you need to be low on HP or it's something similar. And Shiva? Shiva, I don't remember. The big problem with Shiva is you get her like right before the end game. Oh, but it's okay. also similarly difficult to trigger. Uh, that's no fun. 
Like, Rama is just your low health. I literally had him attack something while I was, like... No, Rama is actually just the battle goes too long. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) time to call God to smite these fools, or I have grown bored. Titan is the more characters you have go down, the more likely you are to be able to summon Titan. Okay, gotcha. Well, Titan has never been an option. Does it just show up on its own, or do you actually have to It's like Hold L2 to... Okay. So, like, the atmosphere gets really weird, and I'm always like, whoa, what's going on? Am I near death or something? Or, like, what's... And no, it's just, like, you can summon something now, and I always forget that. But I was multiple stories, stories underground, (laughs) and Rama's like, yeah, I'm just gonna smite that with lightning from way up here, and it worked. It still worked. Coincidentally, that was in the case. This was easily my favorite find a mythical weapon thing, except I accidentally sequence broke somehow. It's this one abandoned mind you're in and goblins are just playing tricks on you the entire time, which is very good. And you're like walking up to a goblin on a minecart. I'm like, aha, I dodge it. And then the end boss just like kicks me off of rail car or uh, rail line. And I just fall down into this pit full of goblins who just like throw candles at me. Eventually you get to the end boss and you just fight him. He's just like a souped up version of one of the normal enemies, which is a little disappointing. But a lot of, like, just that entire thing was very good. The goblins just play tricks on you the entire time. Huh. Uh, what else have I played? I played Super Smash Brothers in real life with real humans recently, which is a weird change of pace. So you went Super Smash Brothers LARPing. Yes, exactly. I'm Captain Falcon, obviously. No, I'm Lucas. Let's be honest. I really want a mod for the new Smash Brothers that just replaces the Falcon punch with Detroit Smash. <laughs> I don't want to make him All Might. I just want him to <laughs> use All Might sounds. <laughs> yes. You know, there are actually a surprising number of mods for Smash yeah, I've 4. I've seen. And pretty much all of them are great. So I have not installed any of them just because I don't play it on my Wii U. That's what that console is called very often. So anyway, I played real life Smash Brothers. I went to go hang out with one of my coworkers, and uh, we like sat around chatting for like two hours, eating soybeans in the weirdest way possible, waiting for like anyone else in their household to show up. Eventually, their like live-in roommate who owns a room in the basement came up, and we chatted for like a half hour before her husband finally showed up, and he just like wandered off, and we we're like, "John, where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm playing with the cats." <laughs> This sounds like a dream. Are you sure this wasn't a dream? <laughs> no, no. It was It was a very weird night. Like, me and the roommate hit it off almost immediately. Like, I don't often get along with people with similar, or with personalities fairly similar to mine, but this guy has a very similar personality to mine. We just got along immediately, which was a nice change of pace. Went out for dinner. We came back. I'm like, okay, I should not go inside your house so that I, like, actually get home at a reasonable hour. And uh, both the guys were like, could we tempt you with... Super Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, my kryptonite. No. So anyway, we sat around playing Smash for a bit. They're both apparently training for a Smash tournament on this Saturday, which I guess will have already happened by the time this episode comes out. So how badly did you beat them both? It was pretty bad. Okay, so to be fair, we were we were not playing one-on-one, which is what most tournaments are. Uh, we're just play- we were playing three-for-all. So items off, but not Omega Sages. Mostly we were just dicking around. And I'm like, okay... So I'm just going to, like, play random. Pretty much everyone was playing random, and I just kept getting characters I'm, like, pretty okay with, so I wasn't doing too bad. I'm like, okay, you know, it's getting late. I want to wrap this up. I'm going to, like, I'm going to show you kids what I'm made of. I actually did worst with my Bowser, which is sad because he's kind of my main. Um, So we did a triple dwarf match, and it was fantastic. Um, Nothing like some double dwarfs. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. It did not go well for them. Actually, they they did win a couple matches. I don't know. We played, like... 10 and i think 
I was second place in two of them. To be uh, fair, Tyler, I can win a couple of matches against you and Jeremy in Super Smash Brothers. That's fair. Usually I, because I wait for you to kill each other. Yeah, no, I feel like one-on-one's a different story, generally. Like, because any time it came down to me and one other person, I won, but... Anything else, Tyler? No, that that was pretty much it. Just, I was very excited to play Smash with real humans. And like, you could come to the tournament on Saturday. I'm like, I'm going to be working a beer event on Saturday, which is like Super Smash Brothers, except it's Super Smash Bros. That, that was it. What have you been up to, Jeremy? I played through the hero story of My Hero Academia One's Justice. I'm I do sorry. not think you could pay me to play through the villain story. Okay, that's what <laughs> I was about to ask, is if there was a hero and a villain story for that. You won't unlock anything for beating the villain story, though. You get all for one, the only hidden character for beating Hero's story. So, who all is in that? Uh, most of Class 1A. You don't get Tape Guy. Uh, well, actually, do you get Tape Guy? You don't get Tape Guy, you don't get Minata. Well, you don't, oh no. I feel like it's less than half. It's Midoriya, obviously, Shoto, Bakugo, uh, Ida, Irika. No tail guy. Uh, you get Yaomomo. Eraserhead. You get one of the other girls, right? Do you get... Yeah, Asui, the frog girl. No, there's one other. Uh, do you get... Oh, yeah. Uh, plug girl? You do. She's in that. Yeah, I, I, I never played her, um, but she's in that. And then Dobby of the villains, muscular, hand guy. I'm surprised muscular is in there, considering he's, like, dead or something. I don't know. Yeah, but like the that the that game's story covers like nothing, but it does cover muscular, so they had to put him in. Stain, stains in there. Toga, best girl, she's in there. Okay, I, I was curious if uh, Stain was in there because he plays a large part in the actual story for that. Yeah, no, he's despite in there. only being in there for like a short arc, he's a pretty big deal. All the arcs in I Hear Academia are short. That's the secret. Except, I guess, kind of the tournament. That goes on for a little while. I'm trying to think. Oh, no. Todoroki is a blast to play. I love him. Um, Endeavor is a DLC character. Who? Endeavor. Fire guy. Oh, Endeavor. Yeah. I was, well, how... <laughs> they always say Endeavor. Okay, and, that's fair. And they're pronouncing it. That's fair. It's clearly Endeavor, though. Yeah. So he tries hard. As well as, hard. as well as Kick Stuff Midoriya. Those are the DLC <laughs> characters. I feel like there's one more. But... Uh, there might be a third one that's been released, but those were the two when I looked. So it's not very good, I'm guessing? No. Oh, Gran Torino. He's in there. I forgot about him. He's fun to play. He's great. You get you just jet around. Go, boo, boo, boo. Yeah, he's actually, he's got um, two different moves that do basically the same thing, but you can chain them into each other. And one of them, you can end with either like a sidekick or an overhead kick and the other you can launch or end with it like a kick uppercut or a sidekick so and it's really hard for your opponent to predict which is coming because they look basically identical i don't know he's a lot of fun to play also i played give nintendo all of my money oh what for well my brother started living with us again and he's like oh man i want to play some mario party and i'm like i'll buy some mario party i could play some mario party i just have no one to play with so i bought that and it's like Hey, Let's Go Pikachu and Super Smash Brothers are now available for pre-order. I'm like, well, I might as well buy those, too. And I might as well buy the Smash DLC now, because I know I'm going to buy it. Oh, oh is hey. that available? I should definitely get that, because yeah. I know I'm going to want to. Uh, oh, and hey, I can buy Octopath Traveler, too. I need something to play on my own, now that I'm done with the Spider-Man, since uh, Pokemon doesn't come out till tomorrow. Have you started Octopath Traveler? Yeah, um, I've just started it, so... Okay, not a whole lot to say about it yet. Yeah, you pick from one of eight dudes you want to start with, which reminded me a lot of Dragon Age Origins. I probably should have started with the dancer chick, but I started with the lame, clearly gay scholar instead, whose story is that one of his students wants to bone him, but he's oblivious to it. So she starts (laughs) spreading rumors that he's having sex with the princess, which gets him excommunicated, and she just wanted it to make him start a relationship with her to dispel the rumors. 
Uh, wow. That couldn't have possibly gone wrong at all. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yes. And he's like, it's fine. I wanted to go do it anyway. I found out someone stole from the depths of hell from our library. So I wanted to go track that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yes. So I was trying to find out what actual DLC One's Justice had. Yeah, kicks off Deku. Inosa? Yaurasha? I don't know who that is. I'm not sure. Oh, it's Wind Guy. Wind oh, Guy yeah, is he's a cool. <laughs> Wind Guy. I'd play as him. Thank you, random sound effect. They only have they don't even have a promotional trailer for any of the characters. Like Wind Guy has three screenshots. I don't know. The amount of lack of quality in that game. Anyway. Gay scholars. Yeah. The combat system is interesting. Unfortunately, a lot of reviews really like it. But in my opinion, they just took the Persona combat system and glued on the Bravely default system without considering what made either of those good. I was going to say, I'm actually kind of into that unless it doesn't mesh very well. It's not even that it doesn't mesh well. It's that neither of them are as good as in their home games. Uh. So you can't go into default, basically, in the Bravely default style thing you just get an action point every turn you don't use them huh so you can save up for a big turn but it also doesn't let you perform multiple actions it's just if you do a weapon attack you'll do it multiple times or if you do a spell it'll multiply how powerful it is but that's kind of isn't that kind of the point of saving up those different action points being able to do multiple things yeah it goes okay with what they took from persona which is that basically if you hit enemies with something they're weak to you get an extra turn But unlike in Persona, where you just get to keep going, instead they have a little shield icon, and when you reduce that to zero, they lose a turn and take double damage from everything. Okay. Which means you can actually play with that on bosses, which is nice, because in Persona, the bosses just ignore the combat system, (laughs) and that's maybe the one thing about Persona that's not perfect. Not always. Most of them still are weak to stuff, and you can use that, but they don't don't stay stunned in the same way. So this, like, the bosses just have, like, you need to hit with them with their weakness, like, eight times or whatever. And it's an interesting system, but because you can only, like, cast a fire spell once, it means enemies that are weak to fire but have three shield points aren't really worth whittling down. You might as well just kill them. It does create a system where a lot of characters have multiple weapons they can use, and you select which weapon. It's not like you have to change their equipment. And so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's actually kind of neat. But I don't think it's as interesting as... It needs to be, given the number of random encounters in this and how grindy it seems like it's going to be. But That's I, a little unfortunate. I'm like, going to play more of it, so we'll see. Uh, I guess you're not that far in. No, I've, like... I've only gotten one character. I went to get the second one, who is a merchant. Like, the character backstories were all like, oh, that guy could be interesting. Like, there's a warrior, of course, and a huntress, and a cleric. But then, like, I chose the scholar. He's just a wizard, but scholar sounded interesting. <laughs> and there's a dancer, there's a merchant. There's an apothecary, so... I mean, those definitely do sound interesting, and they're more believable as someone's actual career than I'm a career wizard. Well, you say that. Have you met a career wizard? No one screws with them, because they can cast fireballs from their fingertips. In my experience reading the Dresden Files, everybody screws with them. It doesn't usually end well for them, but that doesn't stop them. Uh, Sorry, these are fantasy wizards, not urban fantasy wizards. They're a different genre. So they don't carry a forty-four. No, they don't, and they should. But also, they can shoot fireballs out of their fingertips, so you know. All the expense of smelling like bat guano all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little sad that you're not super impressed with this game, because everyone raved about it, and I like it's near the top of my games who play list. Like, the best thing about it seems to be it's on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I probably could have just played Bravely Second, but I'm like, that's not on the Switch, though. 
<laughs> that is true. I also heard that it wasn't great by comparison to Bravely Default, which already wasn't great, just fun. I definitely like the basis of the combat system. It's definitely more interesting than just like a Dragon Warrior one, but I don't think it actually plays as nicely as most reviews made me think it would. And maybe it's just been a while since like a decent JRPG has come out. I mean, Persona 5 was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, okay, 2017. that's fair. It was early 2017. It's more than a year old. Okay, like I believe you. It's just for whatever reason I was thinking it was older than that. But if, if it was old, if it was early 2017, that would explain why it feels like it's two years old. It's because yeah. it almost is. Persona Q2 is coming out in December. What? Persona Q is the Nintendo 3DS spinoff series. The first one is a crossover between three and four, and Q2 is between three, four, and five. I've been saving Persona Q uh, for a rainy day. For so, when I'm very depressed. But how does my, that work? In Persona Q, the first one, they took two different spots where there's like a time skip in each game and like had them uh, cross over via some time travel stuff. So I uh, don't know what the story for Q2 uh, will be. Especially because Persona 5 doesn't really have any time skips in there. No, not the same way. In the actual gameplay. I mean, there's a time skip in between the ending of the game and... The, like an uh, epilogue. Like, you can yeah. stick it like near the end where you think everyone's dead. I feel like fairly convincingly. Yeah, but like that doesn't ha- that that happens pretty fast. It was a stretch when with where they picked from four and three already. So I guess if you're working with a uh, with a crossover like that, it really doesn't matter. Really, my question is: Can the protagonist from five grab one of the guns from one of the characters from three and start shooting people with those? <laughs> given that his guns are just in the mind anyway. So I was going to say, speaking of Shinten-related things, they're coming out with a new Devil Survivor, which is a like a sleeper hit for me. I was not expecting to like that game nearly as much as I did, so I'm excited for the new one. That was the entire thing. I was okay. going to say, maybe Shinten 4 needs to go back towards the top of my list if Akapath isn't super good. I will tell you more next week. I mean, it's going to be a while before I get around to it. Uh, so speaking of things that make sense, don't worry about it. We played Soul Calibur this week. The sequel to Soul Edge, which is not available anywhere. This game was born in like, hey... What if we threw a 3D movement system on Soul Edge? Oh, man, that's actually good. Why don't you make it a video game instead of just an experiment? There once was a sword. Also, we should blood. Also, we should make a whole bunch of new characters with the old characters' movesets, but then at the last second, lose faith in ourselves and put all the old characters in, too. What? Uh, this game was not supposed to have any characters from Soul Edge, and they decided at the last second to put them all in. Which is why some characters have the same moveset as others, like because, Lizard Man and Sophia. Because they were intentionally clones. Which one came first? Was it Lizard Man? No, it was Sophia. Okay. She's from the original. I was going to say, clearly Sophia is a greater character asset to have than Lizard Man. Who are the uh, Soul Edge characters? Mitsurugi, Sophia, Siegfried, Rock, Taki, and I think there's one other, but I can't remember who. Ivy? No, Ivy's debut Cervantes? Yes, okay. yeah, Cervantes. Okay, that makes a bit of sense. But I mean, at least with... I don't think there's anybody that has a moveset that is Siegfried and Cervantes. Like, I think those are pretty unique. I think it's just uh, Lizardman that copies... And you said Astaroth copies Rock. But yeah. Kind of? They're a little different, but... And Songmina and Keelik are similar as well. Songmina, also from Solage. Is Keelik new to this one? Yes. Okay. And, like, they differentiate them a lot more as the series goes on. Yeah, all, all of these characters get differentiated more as it goes on. Yeah. As a person who really likes playing Sumina. Siegfried, man. Yeah, no, Siegfried's definitely, like, I loved Siegfried in 3, so. So if you haven't played Soul Calibur, it's a weapon-based fighting game, basically. You choose a character, obviously, but, like, I feel like their selling point is their weapon. Safidia's got a sword and shield and being very cute. <laughs> Siegfried has the biggest sword. 
This what? is also this is a weapon based game in which all of the weapons are the bluntest thing on the face of the planet. Yeah, there are a lot of things should, that should definitely kill you dead. That just any goes. hit from Siegfried's sword should kill you. Well, what if it's to the ankle? You can just rub some aloe vera. You don't that. have you don't have a foot anymore if that's the case. But you're still alive. Technically, I don't know. There's that one throw of Raphael's who doesn't exist in this game, where he just stabs you repeatedly with a rapier with a torso. I I pre- you need a large dose of uh, willing suspension of disbelief for this game to work, yes. even more so than most fighting games. It is games. very fun. Though. Some of the throws don't involve weapons, so those wouldn't kill you. A surprising amount of Sophitias are just like face-setting stuff that makes you go, <laughs> "Okay, someone was into this." Mo- <laughs> most of like, I know most of Siegfried's involve his sword at some point, which is why I—that's what I always think of. I think um, Nightmare does too. Yeah. Sonmina, or one of Sonmina's, is she just like jumps on your back and then like garrots you with her arm part of her, the pole part? There we go. The, the shaft? The haft? Yeah. The, the shaft. Ha- there we go. The Naginata and just like throws you over her back. Mm-hmm. Like, not all of them are deadly. A lot of them are deadly. So, like I said, this is a 3D fighter, so you can kind of move around your opponent in circle. There's one very awkward part of this, which is if you hold down, you will crouch. You have to, like, double tap it to move down, which is often awkward when you need to move quickly. They fix that very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It, by Soul Calibur 2, they fix that. It, but. Lo- it feels kind of like, uh, at least with that, that they were thinking, yeah, this is a great idea, and the reason why you'd do that is because that's what you would do in a 2D fighting game. Yeah. So it makes sense when you're looking at it through that lens, especially coming through it, but then as soon as somebody, I guess, got a chance to really play it and look at it, and they're like, this is a terrible idea. Like, you mostly move back and forth, um, and I think it's a bit easier to do that in this game as opposed to later Soul Calibers. So you have three attack buttons and a guard button. Your attacks are kick, which are fast, short-range attacks, horizontal attacks, which you can duck and easily guard, but you can't, you really can't sidestep, step and vertical attacks, which you can easily sidestep, but they can hit enemies on the ground. A lot of attacks will knock people down, but you can hit grounded enemies. You're not in any invincible state, but you have to use vertical attacks for that. They also tend to do less damage while you're in the prone state, right? It's not a whole lot less. Yeah, but there you do are get... some instances of invincibility frames when you get knocked down, but they're very few and far between. Um, it's not like when in some of the other games where if you're on the ground, you're safe. I actually really like this about this game. I like used to complain about that in Street Fighter at some point, but that gives you the option of a lot of different get up attacks and counters to that. This game, you really have to be aware of, like, how you move while you're on the ground. Yeah, you can roll out of the way, take advantage of somebody who's trying to punish you all on the ground and get out of the way. And You can also basically guard instantly while you're down. Mm -hmm. I will say, actually, uh, Sigrid has attacks that are not vertical attacks that he can definitely hit you with. Like, if you try to roll not backwards... He has, like, a sweeping move that will hit you regardless of which way you roll. Yeah, Siegfried, I think here, is kind of OP because his weapon is such a long range. I think he might be the best character. And he hits really hard. Like, it's not like some of the other ones where it's, like, Killick and, or, I guess, uh, Songmin is the only other one in here. But, like, she doesn't hit that hard. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get there in a second. But So, you don't have, like... Street Fighter style roll moves for special moves, but directional input does affect your move, and that's how you get a whole bunch of different horizontal and vertical moves. If you're pressing forward and attacking, you'll get a different one than if you're pressing down forward. And usually they're pretty intuitive. If you hold down, that's where most of your low moves come from. If you're holding up, that's where most of your high moves come from. If you're overhead moves, if not high. If you hold forward, that's how you advance a lot as you'll attack while advancing. Um, Holding back, occasionally you'll have a backstep attack. Uh, Not every character has one. This is also one of the first fighting games to have combo buffering, which basically means if you hit a button a bunch, it'll just do that chain of moves. You don't have to rely on timing. 
uh, which makes combos much easier to do, and it makes the game a lot more forgiving. I think that works pretty well. It does make this game a little more button mashy than Street Fighter style fighting games, but it also makes them a little bit more new player friendly, especially on offense. And because a lot of your hits feel neutered and like they're not doing as much damage as they should, that's not a huge problem. Yeah, the accessibility factor. I mean, you can criticize everything like that for with button mashing because it's kind of true. Like, that's it, not wrong, but having that kind of accessibility means more people are likely to pick up a game and try it and actually get to the point where they're not just smashing well, buttons. And it's a first order optimal strategy, right? Because as soon as you get into higher level play, if you're in the middle of a combo that's not actually landing, if you've already buffered it, then you're going to keep attacking randomly and leave yourself wide open. Well, and on that, they have the one of the other things about this is the guard impact yep. of the yeah. parries. So if you if that's all you're doing is butt mashing, somebody who knows what they're doing is just going to start parrying and blocking everything. So let's talk about that mechanic, because that's the last major one. There is a guard button, like I said. You don't really guard low like most fighting games. You can be swept unless you crouch in guard. But the bigger thing is guard impacts, which is if you hit forward in guard or backward in guard at the same moment where you're attacked, you'll do either a parry or an impact guard. If you do back, you do a parry, and that kind of moves you away from your opponent, which makes it easy to escape. But if you hit forward, you will parry and go in, which makes it really easy to uh, follow up with offense because your opponent is in a stun state for a moment. Are they? Because I feel like I've had guard impact battles where you just go back. Well, no, you can, you can guard impact out of it, but okay. you can't um, regular you can't guard out of it. it. You can't okay. block or attack while you're in that state, but you can basically reverse with your own impact. Because I remember you and I played a game of three, I want to say, where we had like the first 20 seconds or something like that. Which was just back us. and forth guard impact. Yeah, we just kept parrying guard impacting each other. Which is always very satisfying. It makes a very good sound and most of the animations for oh, them are really strong. And it's like, or at least guard impact, the parry doesn't have this, but the guard impact has like a little white flash. It's just very satisfying. Yeah, I it, like it a lot. It's a good mechanic because it lets you stop a chain if you're constantly stuck on defense. And um, it's really important when your opponent has longer reach than you. And also most reach attacks have way wider telegraphing because they're long attacks so it's easier to guard impact long range weapons at least with this game it's actually really important as well if you can get those because of the fact that you can be knocked out of the ring so using the guard impact to progress away from the edge yep that you might be being slowly forced to gives you the opportunity to try and reposition away from that because unlike standard most standard 2d fighting games you can't be actually knocked out of the ring to lose in this one here, you can either run out of HP or be knocked out of the ring and immediately lose. So you could be like on your last legs and knock your opponent out of the ring and win. Or you could have full health and get knocked out of the ring and lose. Or do what I did in uh, Soul Calibur Six and accidentally knock myself out of the ring. How did you manage that? Taki has a move where she jumps over somebody oh, that's and right. kicks you him in the back of the that. head. Yeah. I was going to say, like, talking about this made me realize for the first time ever why you would ever want to parry instead of guard impact. And that's if you have the longer reach, you want to move backwards to keep your reach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Because, like, you don't want to let people get in close if you're playing Songmina. You yeah. can avoid it. Because she has, like, no close game. It's just, I have never realized that. And I've played Soul Calibur for a very long time. And if you want to disengage instead of having a big guard impact war. No, if you don't want to take Big guard that. impact war is the way to go, definitely. <laughs> but if you got a pole arm, then maybe it's, you want to be the, far away. It is, the, uh, it is the game of chicken in Soul Calibur. All right. Ringouts are maybe the one big mechanic I don't really like in this game. They're fine, but a lot of times they come as sudden. And they're cool as a reversal factor. But I think most of the time when you get rung out, it feels cheap. And very rarely does it feel like a huge victory. It is good for increasing the tension as you get pushed closer and closer to the edge. 
but corners already do that in fighting games. I don't mind them, although I wish they were something more akin to how the 3D Mortal Kombat's did and Dead or Alive does, where you just, just progress to a different state as part of the stage and lose a bit of HP instead of immediately lose, because that's kind of boring, and it leads to a situation where... Like, it gives an inordinate amount of power to characters like Siegfried and Nightmare who have these wide sweeping attacks that do knock people around the stage quite a bit. On the other hand, it's also, like, I'm kind of wondering how that works at higher level play. Like, is the meta around reining out or trying to help out people? I feel like it's usually health out, but I haven't seen a lot of pro Soul Calibur. Yeah, I, I assume there's a scene for it. I just don't know what that's. I think looks it's like. probably a situation where it's probably mostly health out because of the fact that uh, ring out, you kind of have to take advantage of significant mistakes instead of just one. Yeah, and if you're not making significant mistakes or if you're better at repositioning yourself, it's not an issue. Yeah, the better players are probably better about repositioning and using guard impacts and stuff to stay away from that. Uh, I guess the one major negative I'd say about this game is the difficulty in the arcade mode is basically not there. I played through as two characters. There's no difficulty selection. I won both times. I got perfect in both, not every fight, but both characters I played as I got perfects with. I only died against Maxi, who sucks and is cheap. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have a huge amount of problem uh, playing this either. I know I'm kind of interested in doing like an actual multiplayer match at some point, but on the other hand, Zach owns Soul Calibur six, so and Soul Calibur five actually, yeah, um, so. <laughs> and Soul Calibur three, and Soul Calibur two is right next to it in Xbox Live. The problem that I have with this game is playing through it. It's like, oh wow, I immediately understood how to play my character. This is basically like Soul Calibur six light. Why am I not just playing Soul Calibur six? Yeah, it's surprising how little the series has changed over time. Like they've obviously added things, and I think refined it in ways that actually make a difference. Well, one but... of the things that I absolutely hate, but I absolutely love in Soul Calibur six, is the guard break, where if you're sitting there guarding, eventually they will just break it, and you will be stunned to take free damage. Which is weird because that's the thing other fighting games have had for like ever. I don't know when they added it, but I, this is the first one that I actually noticed it. I was going to say that one of my small nitpicks with this game is, like, all the stages feel very homogenous to me. They're just slightly differently sized. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is because they wanted the ring outs to be a thing. So most of the stages are set up with a means of ring out on all sides. Although, again, that's something they fix as soon as Soul Calibur 2, where they start adding walls to one edge or another, or, like, or environment things you can interact with. And they slowly start iterating on that concept, so. Mm-hmm. Do we have any final thoughts on Soul Calibur? It's pretty fun, but also, like... You guys said there's no reason not to play the sequels instead. I think Soul Calibur 2 is the high point personally, but I, like I love 3. three. I haven't played any since 3, so I can't really comment on the later ones. I assume people still buy them. So. 3 was great. 5 wasn't terrible, but it was definitely in a low point. And 6 is really good. I don't know. It was a surprisingly fun game. I was pleasantly surprised to see how solid this game was. I, I mean, it's not bad. I can definitely understand why this game continued, why this series continued. It was just weird because of how similar it felt to later iterations of the series. Like, it's like, oh, this is just the same game. I'm just missing a couple of features they added later on. And, we were and the lo- graphics aren't as good. We were trying to look up, like, the history of 3D fighters before recording this. And, like, what differentiates this game a lot from any other 3D fighter? And I think it's mostly the weapon combat. Like, there aren't it is any other really the only that. Yeah, it's really the only fighting game that includes a lot of weapon combat. In, in one-on-one combat type of thing, not like the brawlers where you pick them up. And how characters are distinguished by their weapon, not necessarily just the fighting style, like you see in like Street Fighter and Dead or Alive and stuff like that. Although something I don't think we gave enough credit to is all the characters actually have a distinct personality. Yeah, they and all look. feel different. 
Yeah, I'm like I'm less concerned about the look, but the, yeah, they all feel different, and all of them like I don't know. They they feel like individual entities, even like the difference between Lizardman and Sophia, despite having the same movement set. I mean, they kind of have a canon Ryu, but that was something that Soul Calibur never really did because because like the closest I can think of is Sophia and Cassandra, where they're very very similar. But if I remember correctly, at least in later games, one of them is a was a is a hidden character. Yeah, they're very rarely both in the game, at least as a baseline, yeah. and like. I like the mascot characters basically Siegfried or Nightmare as far as I can tell because they're in basically every one of them and they're almost always on the cover of something. Yeah, I was actually thinking like I thought you said a canon Ryu and I thought you meant like the main character of the franchise. I'm like maybe Sophia, maybe Siegfried. I don't know. Siegfried's not into right. It's just neither Nightmare. S- neither Sophia originally. She gets added as a bonus character in the console port. Oh but, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, Link. Link is the main character of the Soul Calibur franchise. There's also Yoda. there's also like Taki is in there, but all they don't have that Ryu Ken thing. Like I said, Cassandra and Sofiti are the closest, and they're very seldom in the same game. Yeah, I feel like it's Nightmare because he has Soul Edge, which is well. No, I was I meant thing. I meant Ryu Ken. Yeah, I know as what a you clone mean. character, but I think that's also because they're at the point where you can both select the same character, so you don't need that when they made this game. Yeah. All right. So speaking of games, we have a list of them on our website www.lastpodcast.com, rated from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger. Feels like Chrono could be a guest character in Soul Calibur. Yeah, he Probably. really could, actually. He's got that sword. He's got the hair, definitely. At the bottom is City Connection. Car is not a valid weapon, despite Siegfried wielding one. <laughs> <laughs> he is not wielding a car, he's wielding the door. There's a difference. Or a giant squid. In the middle, we have Kirby's Dreamland, the game where Kirby can't suck up enemies and get weapons from them. The boring one, right. Yeah, I, was, I don't know how to respond to that. It's just underwhelming and very disappointing by comparison to giant swords. All right, so... <laughs> I really wanted to compare this game to our Gundam mobile suit list all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think the obvious game to compare it to to start is Street Fighter 2. And I honestly don't think it's quite as good or iconic as Street Fighter 2. I would kind of rather play Soul Calibur, but it's a pretty minor preference. And I don't think it has the same impact that Street Fighter 2 has. Not the same guard impact, as you, if you will. That said, I feel like its characters are uh, almost as good as the Street Fighter characters, at least from a design standpoint and a distinction standpoint but i think the mechanics of street fighter 2 are a little deeper and therefore the characters are a little deeper just speaking mechanically i prefer 3d fighting games so on a personal basis i'd have to give it to soul Calibur because again i like the 3d fighting games a heck of a lot more than 2d fighting games i like the weapon combat i like the different characters with their differing speeds reaches and all that which feel a lot more significant in soul Calibur than they do in the uh street fighter games my main com- my main complaint of Soul Calibur versus Street Fighter is they don't really have special moves at this point, which is a little sad. But at the same time, I get to hit a guy with a with a sword the size of a door. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Oh no, I kind of like the ridiculousness of Street Fighter, where people are like throwing fireballs and stuff at each other. I don't think I've ever seen a street fight where that happens. Yeah, but it isn't at the logical level of absurdity like Dragon Ball Z. So it's kind of like exactly that level of but light. So I'm not as interested. Yeah, it's not as Dragon Ball Z as you want it to be. I was going to say, honestly, if this was Third Strike, or against Third Strike, it'd be that, no problem. As it is, I think I side with Zack. I think I just have more fun playing Soul Calibur. This sadly means we're going to bump King of Fighters 94 down, which is currently at number 94. Aww. Aww. (laughs) Although, if it went under it... Oh, I wasn't going to go under it. There's no way it went under it. But I at least (laughs) would have mentioned it, because that's the next fighter on the list. But if we're scrolling up, the next fighter is Street Fighter Alpha 2, which is a more refined version of Street Fighter 2, or at least that was our reasoning when we put it above it. 
And since I felt like Street Fighter 2 was better, I felt like Alpha 2 is actually much better. But Kind of for all the same reasons I gave for the first Street Fighter, I have to give it to... I give for the same thing here with other Street Fighter game. I just really prefer 3D fighters to 2D fighters. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. I think I would have to give it to Alpha 2. There's a lot of character variety. Everyone still feels very distinct somehow. It's very colorful and very over the top, and also it's just a very solid 2D fighter. So another great thing about the current iteration of the list, the exact midpoint between Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 2 is Street Fighter 2010. Oh, can, I, can I make a quick point to try and convince Tyler? Sure, you may. He's wrong? Tyler, Soul Calibur has jiggle physics. Okay, definitely Street Fighter then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it just occurred to me. I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. I think that Soul Calibur is better than Street Fighter 2010. That 2010 got so high is an aberration of my defense of it. and It um, really is. You are you were like its sole champion. I mean, I thought it was an okay game. And but... Zack hates Mega Man 3, so. <laughs> Zack's hate of Mega Man 3 helped me. Zack's hate of Mega Man is well known. I would agree with you. I don't think Street Fighter 2010 is actually all that good. The fact that it is as high as it is is an aberration, and largely because of how much you enjoyed it. You want to say anything, Tyler? Or you don't have no, to. No, no. Yeah, I was say, one, I don't have to. Two, I agree with all the points that have been made. So. so right above Street Fighter 2010 is the Mega Man block, but the actual midpoint between the two is Pulse Man for Sega Genesis. Pulse Man was definitely an interesting game, but I definitely think that Soul Calibur is a better game. Pulse Man had a lot of interesting ideas, but I don't think it really... It didn't have the oomph to really make things move forward in that fashion because it definitely felt like a kind of a knockoff Mega Man. It was a little bit faster, but it was also kind of all over the place. I know. I'm actually... So I got distracted thinking about a version of Pulse Man where also you catch Pokemon at the same time. Be and, pretty good. And Game Freaks, I just gave you that idea for free. Go for it. They'll get to it after the Detective Pikachu movie. Yeah. Wow. That's a thing. Man, we should talk about that next time. I don't know. I'm actually kind of torn on this one. Uh, my instinct says Pulse Man. I'd be happy either way. But my instinct says if I had to go back to one, I would rather go back to Pulse Man. Maybe That's it's because of the true. fact that when I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, Soul Calibur has a legacy. Pulse Man kind of doesn't. Pulse Man's legacy is they made Pokemon instead. Yeah, I'm not really sure what I think about this. I think I will have to give it to Soul Calibur, but just barely. Pulse Man was a hidden gem, so... So the sort of midpoint I'm going to round up because it's a better comparison, I think, here, is Shantae. Oh, huh. And I don't like Shantae as much as you guys, so my instinct says Soul Calibur. I liked Shantae from a visual perspective, but I didn't really ever get into the game. I definitely would prefer to play Soul Calibur than Shantae. I don't know. I like Shantae a lot. Um, this is definitely not the best iteration in that franchise, but... It has also been a, quite a while since I thought about Shantae, because that hasn't come up in the comparison a whole lot. I've lately. been thinking about it a lot lately, but I think that's just the podcast I listen to. I've been bringing <laughs> it up a weird amount. I think there was a, a new version of it released there, on something. Or Switch. Other. The One of the versions just came out on Switch of the most recent game. Okay, yeah. I think and, uh, I think YouTube was like, hey, you, we advertise games to you. And I'm like, yes, but why are you advertising anything on the Switch to me? Also, the people who make Shantae made the tie-in game to the Tom Cruise Mummy movie, which is a great game because they just combined Castlevania and Contra. Oh, that um, sounds great. A great game for a terrible movie. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how that works, right? The worse the movie, the better the game. Yeah. I don't know. The Chicken Little game wasn't great. <laughs> so I, we're saying above Shantae because two out of two beats one. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to make it unanimous, too. So, so the final question becomes, is Soul Calibur better or worse than Mega Man X2? 
which was the, the inferior of the first two X's, but still a pretty solid game. Frankly, I think I'm going to have to give it to Mega Man X2. It's still very solid, even if it's already losing steam as a franchise. I'm going to have to go with the um, one that I had more fun with, and that was Soul Calibur. Yeah, and but, I, and I, I had I, more fun with X. So. I, I think it's, lar- again, I think it's largely because of the fact that I'm also looking at it with Soul Calibur has a legacy here that I much prefer to play than, X, than the legacy for Mega Man X. Yeah, I think my instinct is to go with Mega Man X2. Like, I don't really have a good justification for it. It's just gut. And I was really hoping you guys would be unanimous, so I didn't have to decide. So I'm going to go with my gut. It's just guts, man. Yes. So that means that Soul Calibur will go above Shantae, but below Mega Man X2 at number 45. So still top 50. Yeah, it's still a really good game. It's just one of those things of if you have the means and the funds, just play six or two. I'd say two, but... Or three. Two is the same... I, but the thing is, two is the same amount of money as Soul Calibur right now, so... It also kind of depends, because if you if you have a 360, you could definitely get two and get away with that just fine. Same with a PS3 or a PS4. Is it on the PS4 store? Okay, I didn't actually look into the PS4 store. I just got it on my 360. Soul Calibur 2 is on PS4. Soul Calibur. So. Oh, okay, okay. So, I managed to finally get some Soul Calibur out of my system. I didn't realize how much I was jonesing to play this game. What are we going to do next time? Hit me with a good shot. Okay, so I've been wanting to play some more games in this uh, series for a while, but then the Wii Virtual Shop closure got announced, and they were on Wii U, so I was holding back, and I kind of forgot about them. But I want to play some more Bonk games. So next week, let's play Bonk's Revenge. What is he getting revenge on? I don't know, dinosaurs or something? Advil? So next time on Last Time, can't be worse than either of the Jurassic Park 2s. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one?